Alrighty, it's a real one's birthday, man. No, unfortunately, it is not my birthday, but um, it is what would have been Gunnar Hansen's 73rd birthday, man. Big, big, big rest in peace shout out and happy birthday shout out to the high heavens, to Mr. Gunnar Hansen. If anybody doesn't know who that guy is, you damn sure should know who he is because he was the very first um, interpretation of Leatherface that we ever got on screen in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, rest in peace. Shout out to Toby Hooper also who directed the movie. This movie came out in what, 1974. It was written by Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel. Um, this is one of those movies that I, I don't know if I think this came out before the Hills have eyes and before last house on the left. If I'm not mistaken, somebody out there, you know, y'all are always free to correct me if I'm wrong, because, of course, I do get shit wrong sometimes. But this is one of those movies that was like, y'all know how Psycho was like the granddaddy of basically like slasher movies like Black Christmas and Halloween and stuff like that. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, a lot of people tend to forget. And it kind of pisses me off sometimes that, you know, we have a big three. But I feel like Leatherface is that fourth. I feel like he is that fourth member because he's an OG. He was here before any of the big three. He just doesn't have a franchise that's as notable, a franchise that has as many entries. You know, there's only, um, let's see, we got Texas Chainsaw 1, 2, 3, Next Generation. You've got the remake. You've got the prequel to the remake. You've got Texas Chainsaw 3D. You've got... We've got eight entries, soon to be nine, because there's another one coming. I did an episode on, you know, it's called the Texas, uh, what is it, the Texas Timeline Chainsaw Massacre, or Texas Chainsaw Timeline Massacre, something like that. But go check that episode out where I break down the history of basically the entire Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise and, you know, just how dysfunctional the shit really is, you know, continuity wise and stuff like that. But the first one, definitely it is a grindhouse movie. It is, it, it, you know, a lot of people compare it to a snuff film uh, just based on how grainy it is, how it feels like a documentary, just how uh, it's a really relentless movie, man. There are po- there are parts in this movie that just don't let up much at all, uh, which is good. You know, it's one of the things that adds to the fact that this is undoubtedly a classic. And, you know, one of the good things about it, one of the best parts about it is Gunnar Hansen playing Leatherface. And we've never, we haven't seen a Leatherface like this uh, to this day. Um, there's a lot of mannerisms that, childlike mannerisms that he bought to the role. And he talks about it a lot in his commentary with Toby Hooper. And I think the another producer was on that commentary. He talks about it in a lot of interviews where, you know, Leatherface really is, you know, not not too sympathetic, but there is a scene where he's kind of wondering where all of these people are coming from that, you know, that just keep wandering about his house and wandering inside his house. And it's the scene where he kind of like just sits down and thinks to himself like, yo, like, what's up? Like, we were doing cool you know, for the last so many years or so, we were just, we were bringing people in. There was nobody coming here. We were like bringing people in and eating them alive and shit like that. Because yeah, these people, they are cannibals, man. For sure, they are cannibals. But um, yeah, man, I just wanted to get over the hump today and uh, get the monkey off my back. and Because it feels like I haven't done commentary in, in so long, man. And that's not the case. I, I just did commentary the day before yesterday, I think. 
and the day before that. But for some reason, I go through these spurts where, you know, I was I was telling my girlfriend about it. I go through these spurts where I get writer's block and, you know, what is this five months I've been doing this podcast? I get podcasters block sometimes and I have trouble, you know, uh, deciding what to record and stuff like that. But luckily she helped me out with a lot of that. So another big shout out to Mrs. HXOXO and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, I wanted to do some commentary for this because it is on Tubi. I have it. I don't have a DVD of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I was not hooking up the DVD VCR combo because it's just too fucking much, man. So they got it here on Tubi. Uh, uh, just a warning. There will be probably ads here throughout, but this movie's not too, too long. So, you know, hopefully the ads won't be too straining on it. But without further ado, people, the classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wait, is my volume on? I did all that dramatic buildup just for nothing. My volume wasn't even on. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive. This is John Larroquette, by the way, doing the, uh, the narration. To the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the And sounding like he could do the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries or some shit. John Larroquette, uh, he's in a lot of movies, man, but the movie that always stands out for some reason isn't even a horror movie. It's Richie Rich. He always stands out in Richie Rich. It's actually it's a camera shutter sound, but it's you know that sound like horror fans know that sound everywhere. I'm actually about to change this back to my notification sound. Now that sound, I don't know what that that I don't know what that shit is. Nasty, nasty shit. Oh, how did I forget? Uh, little trivia here. This, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on real life serial killer Ed Gein. It's loosely based. Like, a lot of people get this confused. Jesus, this is a nasty ass grave robbing right here. He strung this motherfucker up. But, um, people get this confused. Ed Gein was not a guy running around with a chainsaw and all this other shit. Ed Gein was a cannibal. You know, he was a grave robber. And, um, 
One of the things he did do that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre did in a crazy way was he wore people's skin, you know, women's skin, preferably. And they did that in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. And a lot of people, as much as they shit on that movie, that is a direct link to Ed Gein because they literally have Leatherface in a woman's entire skin in that movie. So, I mean, the movie's not great, but I can appreciate that Kim Henkel played, paid enough attention to put Leatherface in that entire woman's skin. And Toby Hooper said that these uh, uh this this opening theme quote unquote is not a theme at all. It's actually uh sound effects. You know, he said he was just playing around with shit. And how how dope is that, man? You make an original score just out of stuff that isn't supposed to be used for an original score at all. That's a small thing I love about this movie is that the you know the the subtle shit, the radio playing, you know, just in the background. Now, of course, this dead armadillo on the side of the road. This shit would go on to play in not even just so many Texas Chainsaw Massacre entries, but just so many movies. They actually go as far as to kill the armadillo while it's still alive in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. They run the shit over and it's still alive and Kate Hodge can't do it. So William Butler's like, don't don't, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And he slams a big ass rock on the armadillo and kills it. Now, y'all got to forgive me. Y'all know usually I'll be spot on with these actors. But um, I, I really can't remember this actor's name who plays Franklin. I want to say his name's Paul Partain. Poor Franklin. Now, back in the day, uh, us kids back in the day would say that he took a L. Because he damn sure did. He fell all the way the fuck down that hill. And I never peeped. He had a baby Ruth in his pocket, in his right breast pocket. It's Terry McMahon playing Pam. I love that they look like hippies. Have you been doing those 
Pam and Jerry in particular, they look like hippies. They look fresh out the fucking, uh, you know, Forrest Gump movie. Well, Franklin said it was hot, and apparently, according to Marilyn Burns' nipples, it's freezing cold. I'm just saying. Okay, Billy Zane. I'm gonna run off with a girl here. It's me after a six pack of Jaguar. They say it's just an old man. Will you laugh? I like this guy. I feel like he was kicking knowledge on the com. He's that guy who I would have just like, like, copped a squat next to and just been like, yeah, tell me more, man. Like, what do you see exactly? Little subtle things like that, man. I'm trying to tell y'all that that guy. It's like, what? Why was that thrown in there? Does it serve any context in the movie? Probably not. But it's creepy as hell to just have this guy just drunk as hell, scaring Franklin. Just I see things. It has no place, but it's it's memorable. Hey, you see those buildings there? That's where they kill them. They bash them in the head with a big sledgehammer. Oh, well, that's awful. They usually wouldn't kill them on the first lick. This movie is so super low-budget, independent. That's one of the best things about these films from back in the day, man. Is this like they were on these shoestring budgets? which just goes to show they they weren't doing it for the money they were doing it because they loved film they loved the idea of making movies man it just so happened it was a classic and spawned an entire franchise but i you know i wish i wish that type of filmmaking still existed I, it, it definitely does but i wish that type of filmmaking still existed 100 percent like overall in hollywood Mainstream shit should always be like this. Passion projects, man. It's a whole nother topic. I won't, I won't start preaching to y'all. Yep. Uh, yeah, she I mean she she only said he's weird looking. I'd have been like, "All right, let's take a vote." Actually, fuck that vote. What am I talking about? I'm not picking up no damn hitchhiker. I was at the slaughterhouse. I got 
think this is Edwin Edwin O'Neill. This is paint or if it's blood on the right side of his face. See, I'd be the asshole in the van and be on my Kevin Hart just staring at him like, what the fuck is on your goddamn face? Like, what is that? It makes him, makes him look like he's got some type of tribal marking or something on his face. I never understood what it was. Or like he started off doing makeup on his face to be Nightwolf from Mortal Kombat and he just gave up like, yeah, I don't want to. Alright, damn. It's, it's good. Like he was trying to convince himself. There's some really awkward moments in this movie, and that's another reason why it's uh why it's awesome. Yeah, you better put that knife up. That's that's when you <sighs> Ugh. Ugh. That actually really does look like he cut himself. Ugh. And the way the blood drips down his wrist Ugh, from his palm. Yeah, that looks like he really cut himself. Now what's funny is that this movie a lot like Halloween this movie's a lot more violent than Halloween but uh, this movie like Halloween people remember them some people remember them for being so violent but this movie it's not really it's not a lot of gore here you get some blood here and there but there's a lot of shit that's off screen that's left to the imagination that make people think they're watching one of the goriest movies they've ever seen in their lives. When in reality, it's not. That's just, uh, it's good filmmaking, man. This guy done sliced his palm open, pulled out a camera, just randomly took a picture of Franklin, and 
Jerry's just still driving, not batting an eye to anything. This guy playing Kurt reminds me so much of um I can never remember this guy's name. He reminds me of uh the the the, the oldest brother that was on Malcolm in the Middle. He's on uh he's also on Scary Movie too. He he reminds me a lot of that guy. Oh, the hitchhiker looks so discouraged. Nubbins. Is his name? How the hell did I forget his name? Who actually is in a? He has. He's in um Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, but it is actually his corpse. And he's in the Leatherface. He's in Leatherface, that prequel that they did to this movie. Nubbins. What if that was Bud? He was just putting in that uh in that picture like that. He just started rolling up. Probably would have calmed everybody down. Looks shit looks like gunpowder. These that cut look real too. Apparently Jerry is not driving fast enough if this guy can run alongside the van and write in blood on the side of it. I love how he does this little <laughs> He's just running out on the side of the road like this. Yeah, it only took for Franklin to damn near lose his whole arm. got some long ass fingers I never realized how fucking long her fingers are that shit looks scary and she's got long nails but her whole like her entire set of fingers look like talons like y'all know how death lady deathstrike used to look in the comics like not in the movie not x2 the movie where she had animanium you know uh 
claws sticking out of her fingers, like where her fingers were just super long. That's what her fingers look like, and I never peeped. What's going on in the world? I'm going to just say this. Rest in peace to Marilyn Burns. She's no longer with us, but she's she was in her prime in this movie and she has a backside like a black woman. That is something that has always stood out. Not a lot of people notice it. Not a lot of final girls are built like Sally Hardesty. Jim Seedow. Rest in peace. He was replaced in uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. I can't even say unfortunately because I like Bill Mosley, but Bill Mosley played uh, Drayton Sawyer. But uh, Jim Seedow was great, man. He was also in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 playing Drayton Sawyer. He caught that chainsaw to the ass cheek at some point. I know that. That uh, that's gotta hurt. He had that line in part two where Dennis Hopper cut his ass up with the chainsaw and he saw the blood. He's like, it sure took care of my hymns. And the sign says, we slaughter barbecue. Way to use discretion. What's funny is the barbecue sign and the Coca-Cola sign above it is bigger than the sign that says we slaughter. They got this camera right up Terry McMahon's ass, yo. Don't be Hooper, you sly devil, you. Kurt looking at Franklin like he want to fight him. Hey, I bet that's some of that guy's blood. Look at that. Look at that. You think that's blood? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, that's blood on it. And that guy cut the hell out of himself. You think you could do that to yourself? Like crazy? Yeah. It, it takes something, though. I mean, just to do that to yourself like you did. Do you think I said something made him mad? <laughs> what? Franklin, you're crazier than you was. <laughs> Where's the joke? He could have hit an artery or something. What's 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 funny? I don't understand. Ugh, and they didn't even bother to. The dude washed the windshield, right? When they pulled up. He didn't bother to wash the fucking smudge of blood on the side of the van. He looks like the guy Ronald Weasley from uh, 
Harry Potter, the guy that washed the windshield. Texas Timeline Massacre. That's what it was called. That's what my episode was called, people. I'm mad that it just popped up in my brain just that fast, but yeah, that's what it was called, where I broke down the entire uh, the franchise and the timeline, or lack thereof. So if y'all want to check that episode out, too, please do so. Oh, what's nasty is while that looks like a piece of sausage or something, this humans, they're eating humans. Lord. I'm pretty sure some vegetarians out there will make the argument like, well, you eat animals. But humans, it's like, Nah, man, that thing could talk that you eating. The best part about these movies um when i say these movies i mean like like uh low budget horror movies like texas chainsaw massacre like halloween like friday the 13th is is um just the refreshing thought that these movies were so cheaply made yet so successful that somebody like me could watch them or somebody um that's like aspiring filmmaker or something like that. You could watch the movies and be like, you can watch it and say to yourself like, "Yo, I could, I could make this." Here, man, you wash it up. Hey, you don't think that guy try and follow us, do you? What for? Why is he just eating like biting down on the sausage link like it's a cigar? Franklin is. Franklin does some things in this movie that just piss me off. Looks like it must have been a nursery room. Oh, this is my room. I got to stay here once I was eight years old. Right after my grandmother died. What happened? What happened to my grandmother? Marilyn Burns was such a Betty, man. She was so attractive. It's so sad that her, you know, a lot, a lot of these people aren't here anymore, man. Her, Jim Seedow, Toby Hooper, Gunnar Hansen. Oh, that shit looks like a daddy long legs nest. It looks disgusting. Oh, I hate that shot. Probably one of the most unnecessary shots in this movie. But it's here. And it's memorable. And it's effective. Look at the zebra. See? I have these fascinations for the 
He just won't eat that damn sausage. It's probably not even. It's not even a sausage link. It's a. It's a toe link, a human link. Cuban links, Cuban B. But he won't eat it. He's just got it in his mouth like it's. And then did all that just to spit it out into the dirt. I mean, the older I get, the uh, the more sympathetic Franklin gets. He is annoying, but, you know, he's an invalid. So, you know, and I don't say that because it's like, oh, he's an invalid. You got to feel sorry for him. But it's like, you know, there's certain things you can't do for him. So, and when that time comes, when they pop up, uh, when you know who pops up, he definitely, I don't think he would have stood a chance, yo. You know, unless he stayed in the van, which he wasn't going to do. But it's like. What if they weren't in the woods when Leatherface popped up? It's like how how fast and how far could Sally push him in that chair? So he was gonna go before anybody on some real shit. Shit, if I'm in a wheelchair and it's a Leatherface type situation, Whoever I'm with better have a, a a straight up understanding that, listen, we about to take this shit right back to the childhood days. You ever run and push a shopping cart? Then you know what it is because we going to survive together. But if my ass tip over and fall out that wheelchair, then that's a. Uh, yeah, just keep going. Poor Franklin just can't get him. He just can't get a break. Running in the shit. It's no trunks, no bathing suit for her. But you know what? I keep forgetting that they didn't know that there was a Leatherface nearby or a Sawyer family clan of cannibals nearby. So they were just, it was just regular. So it's almost unfair of me to to be like, oh, well, why are they doing that? It's not smart. wonder what human or animal bones that is they make bone ornaments out here just this scene alone and nothing's really happening they're just running through the field like this is a movie you can feel. You can like physically, I mean, for me, you can physically feel it. You can feel the heat. You can feel the dirt. You can feel just the grit that all the elements that are put into this movie. 
It makes you feel kind of dirty during some moments. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you feel hot. It makes you feel nervous. Sounded like such a simple plan. It's only a few abandoned cars. They must be collectors. <laughs> now this is my thing. Yeah, they didn't know what was uh, what was waiting for them, but come on, man, red flags. What? What? <laughs> it's like trying to yell and scream over this loud ass generator. Kurt's rocking those bell bottoms like it ain't no tomorrow. Cause uh, you know that was the thing back then. I love that uh, that grandmother swing that they got near that house. Hello, is anybody flags man somebody's tooth fellas uh here's a tip don't ever give your girl a dirty ass tooth that you just found on somebody's dirty ass porch Then the door just opened by its like red flags, man. As soon as he knocked it open. Let's go. Listen to your lady, bro.
got pet pigs back here. Hello. Oh man, this is so uneasy. Oh. Oh fuck. And the way he just convulses on the ground like that, Jesus. Oh. Oh my god, that's one of the greatest scenes, scares, in horror history. Just the way he started shaking on the ground, and then Leatherface just gives him one more slam to the head with that uh with that mallet. And his whole body flips over. And he really just drags him in that back room like he is cattle. It's an epic ass scene, man. Now, again, Toby Hooper's got this camera right up her ass. He does it a few times in this movie. And they try to recreate that shot a few times in Texas Chainsaw 3D with uh, Tanya Raymond, who's got the same red shorts on. She's got an ass on her, and it's like the director, what's his name, John Lusenhop? He has the camera right up her ass. I mean, they did it in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 remake also. When Jessica Beale's walking to the house before um, Leatherface pops out and they're looking for Kemper, they got the camera right up her ass. That was actually a money shot, though. I'm, I'm being biased with that. That was a money shot because it was in the trailer. Yep, this ain't no McDonald's, baby. And they got a little bit of everything in there. Human bones, animal bones, feathers, chickens in cages. Chairs made out of bones. Skulls. Teeth. Honestly, now I don't know if I would have just looked to see what everything was or just ran the fuck out. Was that ele- that looked like an elephant tusk? Turtle shells, empty turtle shells, like this shit's crazy. They nasty. They nasty. As a play was saying, house party. What do you say? Someone is living foul. That's exactly how they living. The Sawyers ain't got no hygiene whatsoever. Look at this mess. She really should have tiptoed out of there instead of just being all loud. Gave away her position for old boy to come back out.
Gunnar Hansen's a big guy, man. I don't know if she's just that small. Ooh. See, they don't even show it, but he sets her on this hook. He puts the hook in her back, and she's just hanging there, like... But again, uh, psychological, you don't see it. And then he's got a bucket beneath her to catch the blood. He did it right in front of her. Chopped her man up right in front of her. Ah, oh, shit. Got a quick ad coming, people. Sorry about that. Again, I'm watching this on Tubi. Your video will resume after the break. Blah, blah, blah. And the ads aren't even like... Half the movies they got on these ads are garbage. Well, no, some of these are some of these are good. I won't lie. Okay, back to business. Sorry about that delay, people. My sincerest apologies. All right, Lonnie Elam. He's going to get you. He's going to get you. He's going to kill you, frankly. It probably doesn't mean anything, huh? I'd have been like, you're the one who's got a, a van covered in blood, asshole. Like, what are you teasing him for? You're the idiot that picked his ass up. Your zip code. What are you doing? I can't find my knife. Jerry, the main one talking, he gonna have the loudest scream when he runs into the big guy. And I mean that, yo. He screams like uh, he screams just like a girl. If anybody remembers Friday Thirteenth remake from uh 2009, he screams just like Trent, Travis Van Winkle. He screams just like Trent when Bree gets stoned through the windshield. He might scream louder. Uh, I think you better stay here. Yeah, uh, I don't need any stragglers. I'm a tough guy with a psychedelic shirt on. I can't find it. Are you mad at me? No, I'm not. Mad. Oh, just shut up. It's like one of the most inquisitive minds in the world. In the world, Craig. He just keep asking questions. Are you mad? Where's my knife? Are we eating people? You really didn't want me to come, did you? Oh, Franklin, I'm just tired. It's been a long day. Sally, did you believe in all that stuff that Pam was telling about 
Saturn and retrograde and all that. Everything means something, I guess. You don't think that guy trying to follow us, do you? Well, I mean, there's no way that he could follow us. He's probably afraid Kirk will kill him. Oh, it was Kirk with a K, not a T. Sally, what now? <laughs> Me talking to my big sister. She's just annoyed as all hell. What now? God damn it. Sound again. Tim Robbins is who this actor looks like. He's making me uh, think of Tim Robbins and Jacob's Ladder. Crazy, crazy underrated fucking movie, man. If y'all haven't seen it, Jacob's Ladder. Y'all gotta check it out. Uh, Adrian Lynn directed it. Fatal Attraction director. Yep. Cause you run into somebody like Rome, I am not coming in there looking for y'all. My ass would have went right back to Sally and Franklin, like, yeah, I couldn't find them. I heard some somebody making noise, but I wasn't going in there. Come on out. Just waltzing freely into someone's house. That was a, apparently that was a thing to do. It was a safe thing to do back in '74. Kirk? Now y'all remember all that shit he was talking to Franklin. I want y'all to check out uh, peep his scream real quick <laughs> when Leatherface pops up in his face. <laughs> yeah. Just one whack to the skull was all it took. And with Pam, you know, he opened up the the deep freezer and saw her in there. What was that like an aftershock she had cuz she sat up. She wasn't even awake at first and she just opened her eyes, sat up and started shaking like there's a lot of weird mannerisms these victims make not even weird but like convulsions 
like, was that the... This is the part I was talking about. Where Gunnar Hansen is just, like, sitting there having a moment. He's thinking, he's looking around like, yo, like, where are these people coming from? Ew, his grill is busted. But that was almost a... I mean, Leatherface is human, but it was almost a, a humane, I should say, moment for him. Because he's confused, you know, he's running around uh, confused because he doesn't know, he doesn't know why these people are coming to his house. Yeah, I'm not doing that at night in the middle of nowhere. They must be lost. They don't have a flashlight or anything. If they're not back in a minute, we gotta go look for them. Oh, well, what if we get lost too? Sally, we ought to go to that gas station and get help. I'm not leaving here without Jerry. Well, fuck Jerry. Jerry. He left without us. Yeah, that and you're gonna leave your invalid brother by himself. Just give me the flashlight. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna honk the horn and we're gonna wait a minute and then if they don't come, well, we'll go. Alright? Sally, they took the keys. We don't have any keys. They took the keys. <laughs> Yo, this, this is going on too long. Makes you wonder what kind of fights they had when they were younger. God, he is annoying as fuck. Franklin is the kind of character in a horror movie where you just you try to make a plea bargain with Leatherface and it's like, all right, man, you got food for days, dog. Just let me go. Get the keys off of Jerry's dead body. Toss him this way. I give you Franklin.
I love that shot of the full moon. Not sure if it was stock footage or what, but it looks good. And yeah, uh, I'm I'm sorry, pushing him manually through this, they, they're like going through sticks and twigs, basically. Where's it coming from? Uh, you can hear uh, you can hear the chainsaw going into Franklin yeah I mean she gotta run that's a dunion he done fillet a fished her brother so there's nothing she can do Now, let me just say this. Gunnar Hansen hauls ass as Leatherface in this movie. But I don't think he's the fastest actor to uh, play Leatherface. Part of me wants to say between... The top three fastest actors has to be Gunnar Hansen, Robert Jax, R.I.P., who played Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, and Andrew Bynarski, who played Leatherface in the prequel and the remake. My sentiments exactly, Sally. I love that shot. 
where Leatherface just he he kind of like gathers himself and restarts his run. Now, me personally, I don't know how many miles I would have on me because, like, would I have my inhaler while I'm running? Would I have a bottle of water? She's saying, please help, like, grandpa and grandma don't look like mummies. Even the dog is mummified. Oh, and she knocked the dog over. I never peeped. (laughs) Yo, yeah, I feel her. Just jump clean out the window. See, Marilyn Burns did it before Trish did it in Friday 13th 4. Leatherface, man, I don't like. Did they make Monster Energy drinks back then, or espresso shots? Because this mofo, he don't get tired. He's the original Kevin Gates. Look at Sally's face, man. She's running to the point where, like, she, like her eyes are all widened. Hmm. That was some Georgia the Jungle shit she just did, right? She ran right into that tree branch. And then juked them real quick. Way to bounce back, Sally. He is on her ass, though. Drayton's like, what the hell? This goes back to what I always say, people. There is a fine line because... You are not running into my establishment talking about some call to police. He had a chainsaw. My friends are dead. No. You got to go. 
Yeah, she looks completely traumatized. Human links. I wonder if she looked at it because she was hungry or. You see what I'm saying? We're back to the news reports, the radio. I love it. Something about these old fashioned radios and, um, and, uh, horror movies, man. This, Night of the Living Dead. Children of the Corn. I love when radios just play announcements in horror movies. You know what would be would have been funny as shit if the radio just um, had an interruption between that interruption and was like the killers are eating the flesh of the people they murdered, and it was like a Night of Living Dead crossover. I just had a geek moment, I know. She had a knife and he picked up a broom. I just, I don't see that happening. Now a lot of this shit, uh, Marilyn Burns really had to go through. She said this was a grueling shoot <laughs> what he just hit her off switch that editing was really weird but um you know the weather conditions the physical conditions the stuff that she said she had to go through a lot of them had to go through for it but mainly Marilyn Burns but she endures the most she said it was a it was a hell of a shoot. There's documentaries on it too, man. I can never just um I can never sit through them fully, you know, documentaries on you know the sh the shocking truth of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and what really happened on set. Which I ain't gonna lie, it doesn't even take anything away from the movie. It just makes it a better movie for me. They had to go through hell just to get it made. And it's a classic now. Certified classic. That broom ain't knock her ass out like that. To the point where he gotta put her in the... Got a potato sack over her face. And had to put her inside the truck like... Unless that broom was made of vibranium or something like that, which it wasn't. I mean, I don't know, because he, he broke it in half over her face, her head, so... I mean, I, I won't know until somebody breaks a broom in half over my head. Cost electricity is enough to drive a man out of business,
Oh wow, they did the movie drive back in 74 too? When I say the movie drive, y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that? Um, you know how when they drive in movies, their, their, uh, their hands, whether it be one hand or two, just go left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right on the steering wheel? Like, no, you would crash. <laughs> you would crash. There's no way you're driving in a straight line like that. The movie drive. Just speak Spanish. What was that? Czechoslovakia. You know what? The, it always just threw me off that he calls them coon shits. Nubbin's got that nasty ass possum in his hand. He thought he was gonna get rewarded for getting that possum. Is that a possum? What the hell is that? Now, if she was awake and saw that she pulled up to this house, this is when you know the odds are no longer in your favor. This shit is like reality TV. This is how they act on reality TV. Just beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> See, Drayton just came home and beat everybody up. And they literally have severed arms on the armrests of this chair.
Yeah, get Grandpa out of his mummified coma. See, Leatherface is very childlike. Completely deranged, chainsaw wielding serial killer. But he's so childlike. John Dugan playing Grandpa, and what's crazy is, for some reason, I really did think that this this guy playing Grandpa was an old man just with prosthetic makeup, but apparently he was so young when he played Grandpa that he came back in Texas Chainsaw 3D to play Grandpa again. In like the what in the scene, what what do you call it? A prologue, an epilogue, or something like that. You know, basically, I don't know if it's a prologue. I think it's a prologue. For some reason, I can't figure out the difference between prologue and epilogue. Basically, it's a it's a fancy way of saying previously on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Crazy shit, man. Something about these cuts, man. They just cut her finger. Ugh. So Grandpa could wake up and drink her blood from her finger. Yes. Very, very, very disturbing stuff. To the point where she passed out. Now, this is my thing. How do you recover from something like this? Like, it's one thing to be stalked by Michael Myers. You know, your friends get killed. You make it. I'm not saying that's an easy thing to overcome, but this is a different level of... um. Like, just torture. Psychological torture. 
physical torture, emotional torture. Like if imagine if in the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's supposed to be it's supposed to be a follow up to this movie. Supposed to be. It's just a rumor, I think. It's supposed to be a follow up to this movie. Imagine if they recast Marilyn Burns and they show us, you know, the just what Sally Hardesty had to go through after this because this is a lot to deal with, man. To survive this, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Now Leatherface has got what is this called? The lady mask? Yeah, I think it's the lady mask is what they call it. Smeared makeup and shit. The fact that these, you know, not just this movie, but, you know, any movie where uh, maniacs are trying to justify what they're doing is just. <laughs> and Drayton's just getting a kick out of it. He, he looks like half disturbed, but half pleased with what's going on. Yeah, man, now that I'm watching this again, it's like, I would love to see them. I mean, it's hard to recast Marilyn Burns, man, but I, I really would have loved to see. Would have loved to seen them, you know, Laurie Strode, this character. Y'all know, like, how in H2O she was alcoholic and seeing visions of Michael Myers. In the Halloween 2018, she was, um,. You know, she was a drinker, but she was like a survivalist. She was really paranoid and stuff like that. I would love to see just how this... We never saw that in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. We never got a follow-up where the, where the actress, the survivor, came back. We got Caroline Williams from Part 2. She did a cameo in Part 3, but we didn't... That's all we got was just one shot of her. We never got it in a Jason movie either. Well, well, we got it. Tommy Doyle is like the only reoccurring character. And it's been 
two different versions of them after the first version. So, you know, people people take it how they want it. I'm telling you, man, like imagine dating Sally Hart, like once she quote unquote recovers or partially recovers imagine she started dating again and you're that guy that's dating this this basket case of a woman who was almost eaten alive that's just one aspect you can look at it you can look at it now. I mean, she went through a lot, but she got it easy compared to, um, what's her name in Texas Chainsaw 3? Michelle? Yeah, Michelle. They nailed her fucking hands to the armrest of the table, and she had to pull her hands upward to escape. Sally Hardesty just got rope tied around her hands. Grandpa's entire body, the way he can't hold this hammer up, is how I feel like when my leg, when just my leg falls asleep, like all hope is lost. And got the bucket right beneath her to catch the blood while he's clubbing her with the hammer. I mean, he be clubbing, you know? <laughs> they are having too much fun. And this is probably just a regular Monday night. Run, Sally, run. There you go. I love that that's how crazy she went. She just jumped the fuck out the window. Let's go, Sally. Uh, Now, rumor has it that some of this blood is actually Marilyn Burns' actual blood. Says she cut herself while she was filming. Nubbins just he he's just after her with you know Leatherface is he's the last one in line but he's got the chainsaw Nubbins is right behind her with that with that uh that razor blade just slicing up her back as she runs along I'm telling you man we need to we need like an aftermath to see how crazy she really went he really is just tearing her back all up And it's a straight razor, too. Oh, here we go. Nub is about to get fly swatted right on his truck. Oh. <laughs> his fucking body just flopped. 
<laughs> the black dude driving his truck. I love how he went out to help uh, Sally, but as soon as he saw Leatherface, he turned right back around. He still helped her inside the truck, though. He's a gentleman and a scholar. He about to he about to disrupt Leatherface's whole strut. The club him with that wrench right in his head. Yep. Now, what they should have done is had, you know, took it a step further and had Leatherface saw his entire leg off. That black dude is out. That truck driver, he is hauling ass. He needs to be in the sequel. I love this shot where Leatherface is just inches away from Sally before the truck starts back up and drives off. About to do the leather face dance. That leather face dance. And that's a beautiful shot uh, with the sun coming up. Man. And I, I forgot how abruptly the movie ends, but I think that's rightfully so because after all of that, you need some room to breathe, man. 10 out of 10, easy. No question about it. No uh, no second guessing whatsoever. Classic movie, man. Classic movie. Um, rest in peace. Shout out to Toby Hooper for creating certified classic, man. Happy birthday and rest in peace. Shout out to Gunnar Hansen. This is a movie that, like I said, it's good to watch independent movies like that, low budget ones, because you can watch it and you can tell yourself like yo i can i can pull this off like this is inspiring to me and that's it's one of the reasons why i feel like we got better in a weird way we got better quality films back then even before we got the the mainstream budgets and stuff like that and we didn't have as many uh restrictions as we did in cinema uh, but back then it was something different about how the films were made man they were they were made with a lot of love a lot of passion a lot of blood sweat and tears went into them and uh meat in this case human meat hopefully no one was hurt or killed on the set of this movie but yeah man texas chainsaw master definitely a classic the series is like i said i did a um the Jesus Christ, man, I forgot just that fast again. Was it the Texas Timeline Massacre? Whatever the episode is, people, y'all can check it out on the podcast, which is on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. I really want to get this thing on iHeartRadio if possible. Shout out to Anchor because they have the power to do it. I think they do. I would hope they do. I hope I'm not just bugging y'all for no reason. But anyway, follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor. Follow the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. 
Shout out to the two reviewers, man. The listeners, the supporters, the lovers, man. Love y'all to death, man. Thank you so much for just sticking by me for these. I think it's been five months now. I've been doing this podcast, man. It doesn't even seem like it. It seems like I've been doing it. I mean, I'm I'm torn because it seems like I've been doing it for a really long time, but then some days it seems like I'm still getting my feet wet, still uh you know, trying to figure out the ins and outs of this podcasting thing, but it is, uh, it's, it's very humbling. It's very fun. I love the creative experience, man. I love the feedback I get for, uh, from it, from, or the feedback I get for it from complete strangers, man. It, it is just amazing. Like I keep saying this over and over. It's amazing that people just have the attention span this day and age to sit and listen to me talk about, uh, you know, movies and stuff, as I always say when I promote this podcast. But yeah, man, again, thank you so much to the um, to the supporters, man. I'll keep showing up for y'all as long as y'all keep showing the love to me. And with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor, another episode of Tudor Reviews in a can. I'll check y'all on the next one.